Many of you may not realize this, but last night was the first night of the Democratic National Convention, and it was a complete and unmitigated disaster. About 95% of the DNC's live show was cringe content, to which Marion Williamson, you may remember her from the Democratic primary, said it was like binge watching a Marriott commercial. Other celebrities chimed in, very disappointed at how awful it was, with one saying it was like a PBS pledge drive, and another saying, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, just don't vote for Trump. The DNC is supposed to be lighting a fire under people, but it's almost like they're not even campaigning. And the things they do are just absolute cringe. Apparently, for some reason, they did what may be considered to be one of the cringiest performances ever for which Kyle Kalinske of Secular Talk, a progressive, said the moment Trump won re-election, when Billy Porter closed the DNC with a powerful protest song, and it seemed like the production value was that of a freshman high school talent show. That's how bad it was. Now, of course, you still have some of these celebrities trying to maintain appearances, saying things like, I'm crying and I could watch this all night, cheering for these just awful awful meme videos. It's just, it's surprising how bad it was. But I noticed something. The Democrats seem to be completely out of time. I mean, I mean, in the sense that like, they're not functioning as though it's 2020. They're behind on how to make memes. They don't understand modern culture. They don't even understand the internet. On their YouTube channel, where they're supposed to be putting out these videos, some of their videos only have like a thousand or 2000 views. Just nothing in terms of the internet. There are little kids who put up videos of them drinking bottled water that get more views than that. Yet for some reason, the DNC couldn't muster it. Now, of course, there are people who watched, but it seems like they're relying on legacy media to put their message out for them. And you can't rely on that, especially when your DNC is digital. How were you not prepared for better production values and to actually market your own convention? It's no wonder Joe Biden wasn't actually going to go. The whole thing was a disaster. It's no wonder Chris Wallace of Fox News recently said that they weren't sending out any surrogates to talk about what was going to be happening at the convention. It feels like they're just going through the motions and they plan to lose. In the DNC, what do they do? They have this knockoff of Brandon Strzok's walkaway testimonial video, and he even calls it out. There's also this really awful regurgitated meme put out by the the late show where it shows all the Democrats as the Avengers. And it's just derivative of memes we've already seen. There's no creativity. There's no originality. They have become unhip, culturally irrelevant old people who don't know how to use the internet, which says to me, I really do think they're planning on losing. But how about this? Let's go through what Marion and many other celebrities have to say, show you uh, why Kyle Kalinske thinks Trump just won re-election, because you got you got to see some of this video, man. It is it is remarkably awful. And then I want to talk to you about the RNC, because you're not getting a free pass on this one, Republicans. I'll put a butt in there and we'll see how this plays out. But I want to talk about the upcoming RNC as well. Our first story from Breitbart, Marion Williamson, DNC like binge watching a Marriott commercial. Did I say Mar- Marion Williams? Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box if you'd like to send stuff. But the best thing you can do, subscribe to this channel. But half the people who watch aren't subscribed. And that means YouTube is less likely to actually send you my videos when they're live. So just below the video player, 
little red button to subscribe. Give it a nice little tap or click. Now you're more likely to get my content. Also hit the like button, the notification bell, and then you're really, hopefully, more likely to get my content. And if you really want to support the channel, just share this video to help spread the word. Let's read from Breitbart. They say, Williamson, who has criticized the Democratic political establishment's lies and cruelty, posted commentary during the DNC noting that none of the speakers except for Bernie had policy solutions to the problems they pointed out. Quote, beautiful pictures of POC and reference to Black Lives Matter, but no actual policy on how to end systemic racism. Williamson said, touching homage to COVID victims and responders, but no actual policy on providing universal health care. No policy, period, except for Bernie. I have said this over and over again. The Democrats are offering nothing. Donald Trump is. Donald Trump says law and order on those riots. I'm like, okay. Donald Trump says I might pardon some people. I'll talk about income disparity. I'm like, sure, I guess. But Donald Trump actually has been talking about things he wants to do. He wants to withdraw our troops from various areas. He wants to secure our borders. I know what his plan is. What is their plan? To be fair, I don't know what the Republicans are doing either. I think Trump is very different from the rest of the Republicans. And while there are a few Republicans that I do like, I see Matt Gates and Josh Hawley actively trying to repair the damage done by all these big tech social media companies and how they're seizing the commons. I can respect that. I have no idea what the Democrats are trying to do other than offering up empty platitudes and nonsensical statements or just ragging on Trump. As the trope goes, ask a Democrat why they're supporting Biden without mentioning Trump and they won't be able to do it. For me, I'll be fair. You know, give me, ask me, why I will likely be voting for Trump. And I will absolutely point to the failures of the Democrats and the riots. But also, I can point to some things Donald Trump is doing that I like. Withdrawing troops from Afghanistan? Here, here. I'd like to see him pardon some particular individuals. I'd like to see him legalize certain substances. I don't know if he'll actually do any of that, but at least he's already made some moves I do like. Democrats, I have no idea what they're doing. They say at one point, Williamson compared the DNC to a commercial for Marriott. This is just so good. Marianne, you are amazing for this. She says, no, I'm sorry, but they did not address racism. They showed a lot of beautiful pictures of POC and made references to BLM, but there was not one mention of an actual policy to help end systemic racism. It's like binge watching a Marriott commercial. I, you got, I, gotta, I gotta clap for that. That was incredible. Less than 30 minutes into the first evening of DNC speeches, Williamson posted that she wanted to like it, but could not. I wanted to like it. I really did. I promise I did. I respect Marion. She's been very honest in the past, you know, talking about how the left is really mean and the Republicans are so nice to her. Yes, there's a big tent on the right. It's not even the Republicans. It's because people like me and others have joined the Republicans for a beer to discuss our issues because there is a cringy, corrupt establishment that has no idea what they're doing. Chris Wallace pointed something out, and I've highlighted this before. The darndest thing I've ever seen. I'm making it family friendly, mind you. He said a different word. Chris, Chris Wallace on Biden campaign, not putting any surrogates on Sunday shows before convention. Now we know why. Like Kyle Kalinske says, the moment Trump won re-election, and it's this. Billy Porter and Stephen Stills perform for what it's worth for DNC. And man, is this cringe inducing to no end. Take a look at this. You can see on YouTube up in the right corner, there's a, there's another video from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, 56% likes, thumbs up. It means about half the people did not like it. Look at this. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to drag anybody or be overly disrespectful. But I, I, I just got to say it. Billy Porter doing this shuffle dance 
with this weird green screen, lo-fi, like just awful production quality. This is like, and again, not to disparage high school freshmen. This is the kind of content you see from a kid who just downloaded like Movie Maker and slapped some images together. Not something you'd expect from a massive political convention for one of our major, major political parties. I got, I, this says to me, I really do feel like the Democratic Party has crumbled entirely. For real. You've got attacks on the left, attacks on the right. The moderate corporate Democrats have no idea how to be cool, how to run their own programs. It is just, I'll put it this way. This tweet from Delicious Tacos. I'm not sure who Delicious Tacos is. I'm not someone to normally reference, you know, just these kind of Twitter accounts, just 17,000 followers, whoever. But Delicious Tacos on Twitter, for what it's worth, said this about Kyle Kalinske's The Moment Trump Won Re-Election. He's right that this is an inflection point, but it's a cult, but it's cultural, not electoral. This is the exact moment the center left lost the mainstream culture war. No one can ever say they own cool again. I show you this image, the Billy Porter shuffle dance with an old Stephen Stills just playing guitar and standing still. And I'm sorry, it was epic cringe. Now, that's not going to stop some of these diehard resistance Democrats from defending whatever this disaster was. And still, you'll get Samantha Bee and Billy Eichner kind of realizing, boy, was this awful. Check this out from Breitbart. Hollywood celebrities perform cheerleading duty for DNC convention. I'm so happy I'm a effing Democrat. And that was from Alyssa Milano. Yikes. She is not particularly known for her credibility. And she, look, there are a lot of people who just, they're united by Trump derangement syndrome. But I got to shout out Alyssa Milano's just, they're not attached to reality, these people, okay? She tweeted a few, a couple weeks ago. She said, we live in a world where Joe Rogan has three times the viewers of my podcast. And it's like, do, do you really think you're getting 65 million downloads per month, Alyssa Milano? Because I think Joe Rogan actually gets a little bit more than 200 million per month. Alyssa Milano doesn't even rank in the top podcasts. She is she, these people are delusional. So you know what? I can rag on them, but I can also be fairly optimistic. You know why? What I was saying earlier, all of this, they're not sending out surrogates. There is no production value. I think they know they're going to lose. And when they claim they're the majority and they claim they're winning, I just think about what Alyssa Milano said about her podcast. These people are narcissists who think they're bigger and more important than they really are. And they don't have that level of attention, but they're convinced they do. To me, that's remarkable. All of these polls we're seeing, I think it's just self-congratulatory patting on the back where they're all cheering for each other, thinking they're the, the greatest and the best. And they're not. I mean, I look at the, the like ratios, the viewership. It's just not there. So we'll talk about the RNC. I'm not going to give them a free pass, but I think they may pull something off better. But let's read. Breitbart says, Democratic stalwarts, including Rob Reiner, Bette Midler, Mia Farrow, and Cher, took the lead in attempting to energize the party base around the Biden-Harris ticket. Actress and left-wing activist Alyssa Milano tweeted, I'm so, I'm so happy I'm a effing Democrat. But other stars deemed to acknowledge, seemed to acknowledge that they had a clunker on their hands. TBS's Full Frontal with Samantha Bee tweeted that this was the first national convention to also feel like a PBS pledge drive. The virtual convention kicked off with a dose of Hollywood star power in the form of actress Eva Longoria, who tore into the Trump administration by saying the last four years have left the country diminished and divided. The convention also featured celebrity assists from singers, including Bruce Springsteen, Leon Bridges, and the late John Prine, whose music helped to enliven the proceedings. Helped, I guess. 
Rob Reiner said, watching the singing of our national anthem gave me chills. So proud to see the real America. So proud to be a Democrat. Bette Midler said they had me at the Pledge of Allegiance. What? You guys are the ones cheering for the people kneeling during the, na- during the national anthem. How are you now proclaiming your, your patriotism for a country when people are going around smashing and destroying statues and you, and you support them? At the convention, all of these people were like peaceful protests, peaceful protests over and over and over again. And I'm sick of the lies, man. It's been riot after riot after riot. Now, there have been some peaceful protests, fine, but they're, they're, they're absolutely referring to the riots because they say Trump's secret police came out and attacked peaceful protesters. What are we talking about? It was defending a courthouse in Portland. It's the only place he did it. Everywhere else, these people are running amok. People are getting seriously injured. Now, all of a sudden, they're patriots. Are you kidding me? Well, congratulations. You lost the Antifa vote. I'm kidding, by the way. They never had it. And that's just true. Cher says, such a beautiful opening. Protect us all. What I love about Cher is that she posts in all caps all the time. I have no idea why. Uh, singer Bruce Springsteen and East Street band member Nils Lofgren touted their own music that was performed in the convention. I mean, good for them, whatever. Some celebrities seemed more excited about the musical numbers than Joe Biden. Comedian Wanda Sykes tweeted her enthusiasm for Bruce Springsteen. Don't really care about that. But now we can see some celebrities trying to splash some cold water on the proceedings. But at least they're being honest. Samantha B sang, it was a PBS pledge drive. Billy Eichner sang, the conventions could not matter less. Vote for, uh, vote for the effing devil who's currently leading us into hell or vote for the human beings. Get involved and help get out the vote. I'm sorry, Billy. I don't believe you are correct. Trump is not the devil. He's got his issues. What I really see is just the left that can't get, it's delusional. That's what I got to say. That's the only way I can really put it. A paranoid delusional state where they're in this self-congratulatory bubble of fake news, where they believe all of these things about themselves that aren't true. Here's a, a tweet from Colbert. Oh, Stephen, Stephen. He says, Joe Biden says this year's election is the battle for the soul of the nation, but we're calling it something else. America Endgame. It is the scene from Endgame where the Avengers, you know, all rush in And it is essentially just a knockoff of a meme we have already seen with Trump. It's essentially the same thing, just substantially cringier. So look at this mini mic, just another response. He says, look, I like Joe and I'll be voting for him. But this was cringy as hell. One person says, I demand an immediate apology to every living being that has the misfortune to watch this. I remember seeing a pro Trump meme that was very similar to this a while ago, but this is actually worse. Please stop using pop culture stuff to talk about politics. It's not going to get better. They also stole Brandon Strzok's famous walk away style. Here's what he says. Uh, Robbie Starbucks says the Democratic National Convention is now ripping off Brandon Strzok's walk away movement by pretending there's a bunch of Trump voters who left and become and became Democrats. What a joke. Brandon says, Robbie, you're only partially correct. Yes, they absolutely stole the video testimonial format from me. But unlike this embarrassing Karen collage, the Democrats rolled out what uh, the Democrats rolled out. Walk away as thousands of videos from black, brown, white, young, old, straight, gay, trans leaving this toxic party. And that's true. There are certainly people who have left the Republican Party to vote Democrat. And you can probably find them. I think they had like 10 or so people. I'm sure, you know, these people exist. But there was a story a while ago where they faked it. Some guy pretended that he voted for Trump in 2016 and claimed he was switching his vote to Democrat this year. It was a big story. Turned out he didn't vote at all. It's a lie. I think the reality is from what we've seen, those of us who live in reality, 
There are way more people leaving the Democratic Party than leaving the Republican Party. There are way more Democrats who are going to vote for Trump than Republicans who are going to vote for Democrats. That's just the way it is. In fact, in 2016, 9 million Democrats voted for Donald Trump. I be- well, 9 million people who uh, had voted Democrat before had voted for Donald Trump. For a lot of reasons, probably, and for a lot of reasons that will likely repeat themselves. You see, the Democrats have this thing about blaming Trump for literally everything. Washington Post says on Democratic conventions first night, speakers blame Trump for America's woes. The virtual event showcases dozens of testimonials culminating and in, in, in an indictment of uh, from Michelle Obama. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. If the Democrats had anything to offer, which they don't, Marion Williamson pointed that out, I'd be listening. I would be listening. But what has Joe Biden offered? Is, is he for a public option? Is he for, you know, private insurance? Is he for Medicare for all? I guess he's more progressive. I don't know. I don't remember where he's flip-flopped. Kamala Harris is apparently for whatever you say, and she'll just raise, your, raise her hand. And the Democrats aren't offering up any real policies. Donald Trump is talking about law and order. I'd like to see it get done. He's talking about border security. I get it. He's talking about bringing jobs back to this country, which he's done in in large numbers, lowering unemployment and fixing our economy. All of these things I've seen him do. I understand what he's doing. And I say, okay, I'll take it, particularly withdrawing our force from the Middle East. Hey, I'm totally down. What do the Democrats have to show for what they're doing? Literally nothing except for Bernie Sanders, apparently. Listen, we are, we, are, we are in for several more nights of the DNC, and it already on night one was a disaster of cringe. There is going to be a night to night of epic cringe. But I'll tell you what, you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be doing a live podcast with somebody who left the Democratic Party and is going to vote for Trump. And next and tomorrow, I'm going to be sitting down with quite literally the man who wrote the book on this, Jack Murphy, on, on the Timcast IRL show. And then we're going to have a bit more walk away for, you know, some, some other individuals. Let's leave it that for the rest of the week. And we're going to be talking about why people have quit the Democratic Party. And I think you're going to be, I don't think you're going to be surprised at all. I think most of you probably feel similarly. I, I am not an individual and this channel is not an, a channel that is cheering Republican policy. It's critical of the Democratic establishment and many of the far left over their insane policies. Look, look what happened the other night. The 2020 Democratic National Convention only got a couple thousand views on many of their videos. But here's the important takeaway. Now, I, look, they've only got 59,000 subs, and I'm not going to pretend like the Republicans are doing any better. But we're in a time right now where you know you're doing a digital convention. You've known for months. Couldn't you have bolstered your presence on YouTube and other platforms? Couldn't you have put a focus on, your, on literally your own convention? No. Their live stream got 526,000 views. Okay. 73% thumbs up. So it's mostly from people who like to watch. That seems like it's okay, but come on. The Democratic Party can't get more than a half million views. Joe Rogan, he's a, a, a you know pot-smoking MMA commentator, gets substantially more views than that. Okay, maybe it's not fair to bring up Rogan because he's been doing this for a long time. But you'd think one of the oldest and largest and most powerful organizations in the country could muster something. You look at these videos that have 66% thumbs down. Many of the views are coming from people who don't like the Democrats. These videos can't get any real traction. Even Michelle Obama's speech only has 2,600 views. Are you kidding me? I thought this was some grand epic statement that people were listening to. Oh, there it is. The media has no idea what Americans want to watch, what they are watching, what they care about. Boom, there's your proof. They did not watch Michelle Obama speak. So when the media comes out 
and says, you know, Michelle Obama's stunning, stunning, you know, display of strength condemning the Trump administration. No, 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 no. You watched it. We didn't. We didn't care. Some people did. 2000 out of what, 125 million voters. Now, I understand it probably appeared on other platforms. It probably got a little bit more views than that. But if people aren't even going to the DNC's own platform to watch, well, I'm not sure there's any enthusiasm. To be fair, however, I'm not going to let the Republicans off the hook. Like I said, the RNC's YouTube only has 19,000 subscribers as well, and their videos do way, way worse. Albeit they haven't put up anything pertaining to this upcoming RNC. But the issue for me is not about whether the Republicans know how to pull it off because the Republicans have never been cool. Seriously, Barack Obama was one of the first presidents to use social media for a campaign. The Democrats had the digital lead. The Democrats had the cool celebrities, not the Republicans. So if the Republicans don't have it, I don't care. I don't like the Republicans either. What I'm really talking about is that the Democrats have lost whatever it is. And I'm not going to pretend like they've always been cool or anything like that. But the left typically had the celebrities. I remember back in like the 2000s, there was this video from, I think it was called Prop 8 in California. And you had, the, you had all of these celebrities, SNL, you had Jack Black, and they were doing this musical number and it was, people thought it was hilarious. It went viral. Where is that gone? It is gone. Now you've got memes and jokes and fun and, and, and beers and parties coming from the right. The left has become stodgy. And while much of the Republican Party is still stodgy and ineffective, they've somehow attracted a lot of hip young people who know how to use social media, who know how to make memes and are laughing and having a good time. I'm not going to pretend the Republicans are doing much better when it comes to their social media strategy, but they do have way better and way more viral videos. They, they, they know how to make this content. Listen, several Republicans like Sean Parnell and now Kimberly Klasick, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, have put out these insanely viral videos, these political ads. They're new, they're hip, they're edgy. Uh, They know how to communicate effectively. Now, Trump and the Democrats have put out these old school style, you know, political ads where it's like, you know, you'll get some guy saying Joe Biden doesn't actually support, you know, workers rights or whatever. And I think those are old school. I look at the, the Republicans and I see them doing a much better job and the Democrats aren't. To be fair, you do have the likes of the likes of Ocasio-Cortez, who is with, you know, with it in terms of social media. She's just not with it in terms of actual policy. I would agree with and I think she does a really bad job. But absolutely, to be fair, there are young progressives who do kind of get this. And I'll just say this. When I see Kyle Kalinske, who's got a big YouTube channel, who's a very prominent social media commentator on the progressive side, I think he's a pretty good dude. I disagree with him on, on a lot of issues, obviously. When he's saying they're losing... I go, wow. Yeah, man. But guess what? Trump puts out memes and ads and they're hilarious. So they delete them. Twitter deletes them. They file DMCAs. They're desperate to shut down the hip and fun and edgy memes from the president and his supporters. They're banning satire accounts who mock the left. No joke. So I think the Republicans are starting to emerge as the dominant force in terms of cultural fun. I don't know. However you want to call it. Things that are inspiring and, and, and inspiring freedom and making us laugh. We got some updates on the upcoming RNC, however. Check this out. The St. Louis couple who brandished guns when protesters invaded their neighborhood will speak at the RNC. Wow. The McCloskeys are going to speak. That's going to be interesting. We'll see it. But also, check this out. Uh, Covington Catholic graduate Nick Sandman will also speak at the RNC. I got to say wow to that. 
There was a tweet earlier about the Democrats and who's speaking. And someone said, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, they didn't have it. They had the cringiest cringe content ever. And their even their own supporters were like, yikes, man, except for the sycophants who are cheering, saying it's great. It's great. Just keep doing it. No, tell them it's bad. Make them fix it. And the Democratic Party, I, I think, is hopeless because they're fractured. You know, they, they couldn't be more fractured. And I'll tell you what, Donald Trump is doing better than ever. Trump has narrowed the gap with Biden, with the Democratic challengers lead shrinking to just one point in 15 battleground states and four points nationally. That's margin of error territory. Trump is on track to win. They know it. That's why they're failing. They don't care. They're not going to send out people. They're not going to waste money. They know they are losing. That's what I feel. But don't get complacent. For all we know, Joe Biden's going to come out and he is going to knock one out of the park. So you got to take it seriously. But I want to make sure before I wrap things up, I am absolutely fair when I point out the Democrats haven't always been good at this. Okay, the 1996 DNC was lit, says this epic YouTube video of the Clinton DNC, and they're all clapping and dancing to the Macarena. And boy, is it cringy. But perhaps, perhaps it's cringy by today's standards. I mean, the Macarena was a big pop culture phenomenon that was considered hokey and fun. If the Democrats did like the Gangnam style dance or whatever, when it was popular, we'd probably all have laughed and just said like, we get it. It's meant to be silly and hokey. What they were doing back then, as much as people will laugh at how cringe it is, they're doing this back then. It was a particularly fun pop culture moment. And I think all of their laughing isn't necessarily like I think they I think they were self-aware back then. You know, they're doing this cringy, fun, stupid pop culture dance and everyone's just laughing. And it's silly today. Wow, is it bad? Yeah, substantially worse. I guess the way I'd put it is the DNC had this one moment where they all danced and it was silly. Maybe they've always been cringy. Maybe the Democrats have always been stodgy, sure. But at least they had celebrities on their side. They still kind of do. But the celebrities aren't cool either. They're not. I think the real fun, the real memes, what makes people feel good and inspired is coming from the right. For the most part. I was thinking about this, you know, talk, uh, you know, talking on the IRL podcast, thinking about I was having a conversation with some some Hollywood celebrity types a few months ago. And they said, I'm clearly, you know, Tim, you're, you're clearly not a Republican, of course. It's like you're a, you're a skateboarding musician with a beanie on. That's not a professional look. I went to the White House and I wore a T-shirt. You know, I wore a button up jeans and a beanie and everyone else is wearing a suit. And that's a perfect example of, I, th- I think, what's happening. The hippies, the freedom loving left libertarians and right libertarians and conservatives and moderates, are basically united because we're all like, hey, we all disagree on so much. Why don't we just live and let live real liberty? The Democrats aren't. They've become authoritarian and unhip. And so they're trying to enforce their unhipness by banning things that are fun and funny. And that's what's been happening on social media. You can't fight it forever, man. Your convention is an example of how bad you are at engaging in in common culture or anything fun and exciting. And that's what you get. Maybe you should have figured out how to actually communicate instead of just doing the stodgy garbage. Well, there's more nights of the DNC coming up and I'm, I'm doing un-DNC week here at Timcast IRL. So we've got a bunch of awesome speakers lined up for this week. It was inadvertent. I didn't do it on purpose, but we got, we got a bunch of walk away people, people who have left the Democratic, Democratic Party. So we're going to be talking about that tonight, 8 p.m. live over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Check it out for uh, everybody else. And, or, or, you know, before, before we get there, 
You can check out my next bit of content at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. I know I have a bunch of channels, but uh, I will see you at six. Thanks for hanging out and or I'll see you live. I'll whatever. I'll see you then. Adios. Last night was the Democratic National Convention day one. And boy, was it trash. I actually didn't watch it. And apparently no one else did either because their numbers are in the gutter. But while the DNC was going on, there was something that Donald Trump noticed and he put out an ad. He noticed that all of these Democrats kept saying peaceful protest, peaceful protesters, Donald Trump attacking our peaceful protesters, peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. Let me tell you about peaceful protesters. Senator Lucas charged with two felonies for June incident at Portsmouth Confederate Monument. A Virginia Democrat has been charged with two felonies for tearing down or helping to tear down a statue. One of the one of the felonies is a conspiracy charge. Amazing. A Democrat charged with felonies for a conspiracy to destroy property. Meanwhile, the DNC, they're all preaching about peaceful protests. It's all lies. They hate Trump so much that we can have 81 nights of rioting, 81, 30 people dead, buildings being burned down and Democratic politicians getting charged with felonies. And it is still Trump's fault. And they are still peaceful protesters. How long do they think they can keep lying to the American people? I wonder, because it seems to be working for some people who are just Trump derangement syndrome. But man, I tell you, at a certain point, don't you say shut your mouth. Your own one of your own party members is getting felony charges. How insane is that? Well, we got a bunch of other news. Last night in Portland, here's your morning riot update. They tried to flood the PPA, the Portland Police Association building, started a fire outside and the cops just disengaged and backed off because the cop, that's the cops are doing. And in New York, as they were rioting just the other day, romping through the city and smashing things, Cuomo, the governor, blamed the police for the increase in crime. I kid you not. This is this. This is the leadership you get with Democrats. And I, it's funny to say, but it, it, it's, it's a fact. Absolutely. Let me just reiterate. I'm going to read you the story. We have leaders in New York City who they got covid wrong. OK, so I'll, I'll call it out. Putting putting sick people into nursing homes. People died. It's on Cuomo. Shutting the city down, killing the businesses, supporting the protests. I'm doing air quotes here, which, you know, we, we had widespread looting. Now we have it across the country. They have this convention. It was digital. Some of these videos they did have like a thousand views or less. I couldn't believe it. Nobody watched. So maybe, maybe to answer my own question, how long can they keep lying to the American people? Apparently they can't anymore. Here's the story. Senator Lucas charged with two felonies for June incident at Portsmouth Confederate Monument. I do want to give a quick shout out to myself, though. For those that don't know, I do have multiple channels. Check out my main channel at youtube.com slash timcast for more videos every day at 4 p.m. I'm very close to breaking a million subscribers. That's why I'm shouting it out, because if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. And let's read. This is from wavy.com, which is a local news outlet. They say, Portsmouth Police Chief Angela Green announced during a Monday afternoon press conference that State Senator Louise Lucas has been charged with two felonies for an incident at the city's Confederate monument on June 10th. She, among others, is facing charges of conspiracy to commit a felony and injury to a monument in excess of $1,000. Portsmouth officials held the briefing Monday afternoon to announce that several warrants have been secured against individuals more than two months after an incident at the city's Confederate monument. Now, look, I'm no fan of Confederate monuments, okay? I just don't like people 
thinking they have a right to assert their worldview on others without a democratic process. You can't go around destroying things because you don't like it. I'm not a fan either. I think you got to have a vote. And this particular, this incident particularly, it's where the statue fell down and crushed some dude's skull. And that's on her because she was one of the organizers, apparently. That's why she's being charged. Now, this Democratic lady, she's like 76. I don't know what you do with someone that old, but look, just because you're old doesn't mean you get a free pass, right? So you probably, she's got to go to prison in some capacity. But I say in some capacity because what threat is she really? Maybe the answer is actually just to take away the internet from her or something like that. I honestly don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on how you, you know, issue out rehabilitative justice or, you know, penalties or whatever. But it wasn't just this, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't just this Democrat. It was also people being charged, NAACP reps and public defenders. This to me is one of the craziest things we've seen. Because I'll tell you, when we saw these statues being torn down, I was angry. Where's justice? Where are the police? Arrest these people. The hammer's dropped. They're coming for you. If you're one of these morons that went around laughing and giggling and tearing statues down and jumping up and down like an idiot, you will soon get a knock on your door and they'll show you the warrant. Because now they're coming for all of these people. James Boyd. These next people are from the NAACP. James Boyd, Louis Gibbs, Lakeisha Hicks. We have a Portsmouth school board member, Lakeisha S. Clue, and three public defenders, Brenda Spry, Alexander Stevens, Meredith Kramer. This to me is, is, is absolutely insane. They say the police department is asking for help in identifying 13 additional people. Detectives are asking the public, take a look at those photos and reach out if you recognize them. Call the Portsmouth crime line at 1-888-LOCK-YOU-UP. Amazing. You can remain anonymous. They're coming, man. They say on Monday night, the Tidewater Solidarity Collective, a political community building project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intersectional, social justice, whatever. Created a GoFundMe to benefit the 757 Solidarity Bail Fund set up by the Humanities Behind Bars. As of midnight, just eight hours after police announced the charges, the fundraiser had already received 2,191. So do they actually have a link to it? They do. Let's see how much money they raised. See, this to me, so they've barely raised any money. But they're going to they're going to arrest these people. The bail funds are going to get them released. Here's here's your uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from here. We'll talk about your your uh, morning riot update with none other than Mr. Andy. No, after breaking inside and trying to flood the Portland Police Union building with a hose, Antifa returned later. They have now set the exterior of the building on fire in an effort to de-escalate. Police made no arrests at all tonight. Well, we have the actual tweet from Portland police. This is all they do. You know what, man? I'm not trying to drag the Portland police. I I know they're between a rock and a hard place, but come on, man. Disengage. Let them destroy your building. Man, I want to show you this tweet from Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh basically says Trump needs to move in. I'm not sure I agree, but it is tough. It is it is very, very tough to sit back and say the cops have no support. The DAs won't prosecute and the feds must do it. So I, I, I think Matt Walsh wants uh, I, I believe Matt's of the Daily Wire. Matt is basically saying Trump needs to come in and he needs to deal with this because people are sitting back looking at an ineffective president. I'll read you his tweets. I'll, let, me, let me read you his tweets and I'll explain how I feel. He says harsh reality. Trump has utterly failed to respond to the chaos in the streets in any kind of coherent and effective way. Society is coming apart at the seams and far left radicals are murdering people in the streets, all under the watchful eye of our law and order president. The yes men around him are telling him everything is okay. 
The yes men here on Twitter make excuses for him and applaud as he jumps off the cliff. But I hear from a lot of normal Americans every day in my emails and messages, and they are pissed, disappointed, and demoralized. Go into a hotly contested election against a fired up opposition with a demoralized base, and that's a recipe for a landslide, historic loss, one that he will richly deserve if this continues. And that's the truth. Anyone claiming otherwise is rationalizing, and they know it. The good news is that this can all change overnight. Nobody remembers anything that happened more than 48 hours ago anyway. If Trump were to actually mobilize a real response and reassert law and order in our society, the momentum could dramatically change directions. I absolutely disagree. We have already seen the police in Chicago request federal intervention. We have already seen the feds intervene in some instances, like in the NYPD, where a man was accused of trying to snip the brake lines of an NYPD van. I think if Trump actually does deploy feds, they will run with that that narrative again of, you know, Trump's secret police. He never did it. And you can see how bad it already was. But it's not so much about whether it's the right or wrong thing to do, because we're talking about this in a political from a political perspective, as you know, Matt Walsh has framed it. There's two ways to look at it. What is morally right? Yes, I think Trump probably should come in and shut all this down. End of story. What is politically beneficial? Trump abiding by the law. So, so look, here, here, let, let, let me break it down for you. Trump doesn't have the authority to just send in feds to go in and crush the riots. He, he doesn't. That's up to the states and cities to deal with. There are some legal workarounds where Trump could say, you know, uh, invoke the Insurrection Act or assert federal authority because many of these people cross state lines. There are ways he can do it, but it still does kind of step on the toes of these these local jurisdictions. I think politically, you know, it's hard to say because the police are being jammed up because the DAs won't prosecute. Trump maybe should come in and do and and do the right thing, shutting these things down. But I I don't know if it's right enough. Right. I I, I don't think there's a clear enough way to say this is 100 percent the right thing to do, because maybe respecting the rights of the states is paramount. And politically, I think Matt is is, is wrong. I, I respectfully disagree, Matt. I think Donald Trump is is doing what the president is supposed to do. He's not interfering with state and local and local law enforcement. And people are getting a glimpse now of what their leaders have brought them. Why would someone complain about Trump when their mayor was out there supporting in Portland? Why would they complain about the president when their governor was unable to stop all of this? And Trump has offered assistance to all of these jurisdictions. So I'm I'm torn. I am. I, I am. You know, it's hard to know what the it's hard to know what the future holds and how they'll use it against them. But for now, I think Trump is doing the legal and politically correct thing. And I don't mean politically correct in the normal sense. I think it is the correct move, both politically and legally. These people are going to learn. You voted for these politicians. And here is what you get. Cuomo blames police for crime wave. New York governor says cops must address lack of trust in communities as Big Apple shooting surge 82 percent and threatens to pull funding for NYPD if reforms are not in place next year. Wow. Talk about wow. Why should Trump, why should the feds, why should my tax dollars pay for the failures of these Democratic areas? I'm in New Jersey, mind you, and they're failures too. So I'm leaving. Not like I'm, go- I, I'm, I'm leaving to a different state. I don't think it's a much, it's much of an improvement, but it is the middle of nowhere. So I'll take it. But you look at Cuomo and we, and, and, and do you think that Trump should bail him out? I'm not entirely convinced that's the right move. I'm not. I think Cuomo is the governor. 
The responsibility is his. And the people who voted for him, I'm sorry. This is the choice you made. Here's what the Daily Mail says. Governor Andrew Cuomo blasted the recent surge in gun violence in New York City and the state as an urgent crisis that he blamed squarely on police departments because they have done very little to come up with reform plans. He also threatened to pull funding from up to 500 departments across the state if they do not have plans in place by April 2021. Cuomo raised the growing lawlessness during his Monday press conference, where he revealed that in New York City, murders are up 29%, while shootings are up 79% year to date. He then broke down the percentage increase of shootings with each borough as compared to the previous year data, noting that shootings are up 60% in the Bronx, 102 in Brooklyn, 54 in Manhattan, 75 in Queens, and 108 in Staten Island. 108% in Staten Island. Where was Bill de Blasio? Why are you blaming the police who have been begging for the resources to do their jobs? Absolutely incredible. This is why the SBA, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, is endorsing Donald Trump. These people are completely ineffective. And boy, do they play politics in the wrong way. Some people have accused Donald Trump, saying that he's not doing what he needs to do because he's letting the Democrat cities rot. We saw, you know, Trump tweeted the other day. It was a retweet from Brandon Strzok of the walkway movement who said, leave the Democrats, Democratic cities, let them rot. Or he said, let, let, leave the Democrat cities, let them rot. The media then feigned outrage that Donald Trump retweeted this saying, could you imagine if Barack Obama said something similar? I tell you what, man, it is not the job of the president to interfere in these states. It just isn't. And if he's saying you should leave them because of poor leadership, what, is it, what, 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 what are they complaining about? Is Trump supposed to just pony up a check to, to fund all of their problems that they can't fix properly? I, I completely disagree. This is New York's problem. It's a leadership problem. And the police know it. They've already defunded the NYPD. We're already seeing literally Democrats be charged with felonies. Why is that Trump's fault? Did Trump come in and appoint these politicians, these governors? Absolutely not. In fact, Trump's only been, he hasn't even been in office for four years. He hasn't even been a, in politics for, 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 for longer than four years. These people have all been in office forever, for decades or more, many of them. So how is it anything to do with him? It's not. But this is what we get. You get these videos from this. This is Donald Trump put this, this, this ad out of all of these, you know, speakers at the DNC saying, you know, peaceful protest, peaceful protest, peaceful protest. And then they'll straight up blame Donald Trump for all of America's problems. I'm not I'm done listening to this, man. I think it's it, I think it's BS. And I think there's only so much there's only so much the Democrats can say before the American people are tired of the lies. You know, that just a couple days ago, there were Antifa riots in Williamsburg, trashing Whole Foods in the Apple store. I didn't even know this. It's so hard to track where the riots are breaking out. I kid you, I, I, I just unable to actually track where all the riots are happening. And so sure enough, New York, this I should have caught this one. Nah, this was from the night before last. I didn't see it. But Cuomo has the nerve to say it's the NYPD's fault. The NYPD on Monday released its own shooting violence figures, which were higher than Cuomo's numbers, stating that year to date shootings are up 82.1% and murders are up 30.2%. You cannot dismiss these numbers, Cuomo said Monday during a press conference. You cannot look at this reality and say it doesn't exist because the reality is so clear. Cuomo said that in NYC, data show that more than 90% of the victims are black and brown. You want to talk about social justice? You want to talk about civil rights? You want to talk about social equity? How do you explain that, Cuomo said, of the substantial uptick in shootings with minority victims? 
Wow. It's not just New York City. It's all across the nation, Cuomo added. So you're blaming the police? It's happening everywhere. No, it's not happening everywhere. Let me take that back. It's happening in Democrat cities. I, I had a friend me- message me the other day from San Francisco, and they said they were, they were leaving. They were finally done with it, and they were leaving San Francisco. And I said, why? Well, for one, the, the work is completely dried up. There's humans, there's like human waste everywhere, as you know. People are sleeping. Homeless camps are skyrocketing, and everybody is fleeing. Mass exodus. The same is true for New York City. Everybody is trying to move, to buy something somewhere. Houses under 400K are skyrocketing. It is happening across the country, across the country in Democrat controlled states and cities. We're not seeing this kind of stuff for the most part in Republican areas. There is a tendency, I will say, for the, you know, to, just to be fair without citing hard numbers, the tendency is absolutely on Democrats. And they have the nerve to come out of the DNC and say it's Trump's fault. They straight up say these peaceful protesters and Trump is deploying the feds and he's not. That's the narrative they tried. It's no wonder nobody watched the DNC last night. Shootings have risen in states and major cities all across America in recent months, with New York City and Chicago often reporting notably higher levels of gun violence incidents. The increase in shootings have coincided with the easing up of coronavirus lockdown restrictions, large scale protests against police brutality, continued mass unemployment, and the natural annual increase in violence during summer months. Cuomo noted that NYC wasn't alone in having an increase in shootings, however. Upstate New York has also seen a 70% increase in the year to date. Now that, now that is really interesting. In Albany, shooting violence was up 240%. In Buffalo, it was up 66%. In Rochester, it was up 54%. And in Syracuse, 130%. You're the governor, Cuomo. If all of this is happening around your state, how could you blame the police? It's happening in other cities. It's not the NYPD. It's you. It's your fault. You have failed your state. And Bill de Blasio has failed the city. As part of the effort to get the number of shootings down, Cuomo said that he was sending a letter to 500 police department jurisdictions explaining that it is imperative that we address this urgent crisis involving the tension between police and local communities. Like coronavirus, which was hard to deal with, he said, this is also a matter of life and death. And you threaten to cut their budgets. I'll tell you what. How about you increase their budgets? That way they actually have the opportunity to police properly. Give them better training, allow them better resources, hire, say, social workers. All of these things that the far left claims they want can be accomplished without defunding the police. Ah, but here's the problem. You see, the likes of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez chased out Amazon, costing the city billions of dollars. They've mismanaged their budgets. They can't sustain themselves and they are falling apart. The cities are collapsing and it's and to be fair, it's not all the Democrats fault, not all of it. They're just the ones leading the charge and failing every step of the way. There are a lot of factors. Technology is changing. People can work remote. COVID happened. Yes, I think they made a bunch of mistakes at the local level. That's on them, but they didn't make COVID. So all of these things are happening and all they can do is scapegoat and blame everybody else. And I want to just throw it back. The utter, the, the, the sheer audacity of the Democratic National Convention to say peaceful protest 50 times when quite literally a Democratic state senator from Virginia just got charged with two felonies for rioting and conspiracy. Well, uh, rioting, I say colloquial, not legally, just to clarify, it was for tearing down a statue. It's the Democrats, man. Have any Republicans been seen going out throwing Molotovs? No. Matt Gates got hit with a slushy, though. Some Republicans and cops, they get milkshaked. Journalists get beaten up in the streets, and a man was nearly killed in Portland. 
all under the watch of Democrats who are literally joining in. And now we now we can say it definitively. We've seen Ted Wheeler in Portland, right? He goes out and he joins them. They're throwing explosives and, he, and he's just standing there like, oh, I'm being gassed, bro. They're throwing explosives all around you. And you're just going to stand there. He leaves and then they declare a riot. Call it out. Kate Brown, the, uh, the, uh, the governor of, of, of Portland, decries Trump's federales. Then you get the AG defending the riots. And now we quite literally have a woman in June. A Democrat was in the riots. Bravo, Democrats. This is what you've done. I don't know what their game is. I don't know if they have a game. I I can tell you that the media plays silly games trying to defend them constantly. And they keep saying things like peaceful protest over and over and over again. At a certain point, I know they think if you repeat the lie enough, it becomes the truth. Maybe not in this day and age. We're in the information age. People have access to social media. They have access to YouTube. They can watch videos. And maybe the people just won't be lied to anymore. I looked at the DNC numbers. Man, I was shocked. I didn't believe it. I did not believe it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a bigger segment uh, for my 4 p.m. segment. So those, those on the podcast, you probably already heard it. But my, my word, nobody, relatively nobody watched the DNC. They are relying on the media to push out the select clips to make them look good. But man, the, the, the speeches they put out, like a thousand views. And I'm willing to bet of that like thousand people, half of them just clicked in and clicked out right away, didn't actually watch it. Isn't that amazing? I'm sure right now, by the time most of you have watched this, there's like, you know, 30 or 40,000 people have already watched this video alone. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to let you know, I actually am kind of hopeful for a change to all of this. I'm feeling pretty good. When I saw that nobody watched the DNC, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> Democrat got charged with a felony. When I see the amount of people who are willing to watch my, my content, my shows and everything, hang out with me and my friends on the live podcast, I'm just like, maybe the regular people of this country are done being lied to and they want some kind of change. And I don't know who they'll vote for. I don't think it'll be the Democrats, but we could, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It could be wishful thinking. It could be true that we are the actual resistance pushing back on a lying, corrupt, crony establishment. I know the progressives think they're the resistance and a lot of the establishment Democrats literally call themselves the resistance, but they're not resisting anything. They're quite literally the establishment. They have every major corporation on their side. The reality is there is a much smaller faction that is producing content that is the risking getting banned, risk of getting ostracized, getting fired from their jobs to stand up against the crony establishment, to push back on what they're doing, destroying our cities, attacking innocent people. And that's the real resistance. You know, I don't I don't care to call it the resistance because it kind of tainted the word. But the mainstream establishment people who think they're punk rock, you're the establishment. You're not punk rock. You know, you are quite literally the 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 boring, nerdy, lying cronies. So we'll see how we'll see how we'll see how things play out. I got a couple more segments, uh, uh, more segments to come later in the day. The next segment will be on this channel at 1 p.m. Stick around. I will see you all then. And don't forget, check out YouTube.com slash Timcast. It's my main channel. Please subscribe if you like. It's very, very similar content. Much, It's more political and major stories. So subscribe if you haven't already. And I will see you all at 1 p.m. I was really mad at first. I have to admit, I heard news last night that Donald Trump would be pardoning someone very important and that it wasn't going to be Snowden or Michael Flynn. And I thought, whoa, is Donald Trump going to pardon Julian Assange? Like who else could it be? And everybody was speculating it could be 
Julian Assange. Think about how huge that would be. Many Trump supporters were calling for it, cheering for it. Well, the bad news came. Donald Trump pardoned women's suffrage leader Susan B. Anthony. And I said, what? Are you kidding me? You hype up all this, all this. I'm sitting I'm, I'm all, all night like, wow, man, dude, it would be so amazing. It would be huge breaking news. I was I was just sitting there thinking like, what does this mean? He's going to he's going to be parting. And then it was a posthumous symbolic pardoning of a historical figure. Now, mind you, Susan B. Anthony, I think was pretty epic. She got charged with illegally voting, refused to pay the fine and told him to buzz off. And I'm like, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty ballsy. That's pretty rad. Um, so, you know, I think she's, she's, she was a, a rad historical figure. In fact, most Americans kind of do. She's, uh, we have silver dollars. We have Su- Susan B. Anthony's. We call him that. We, we named a currency. We put her face on it because she's great. Well, I'll tell you what. I was mad at first and now I'm laughing. You know why? Donald Trump must be some kind of freaky genius. You know, I can't imagine. I said this before that Donald Trump just seems to slip on banana peels and do perfect backflips. Like, like here's, here's the scenario. Either Trump is constantly just bumbling around, but accidentally making great things happen that work for him, or he knows what he's doing, or at least has people who know what they're doing. To be fair, I was kind of upset. A lot of people were let down when we heard this. And then I saw the news. And now people are somewhat uh, facetiously saying the left is now trying to cancel Susan B. Anthony. And I couldn't believe it. And then I looked at the stories. There's a couple things I noticed in this news that I think I think Trump knows what he's doing. Listen, remember that scenario that uh, that 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 campaign or whatever, where they said it was okay to be white. And they made those white pieces of paper with bland black letters and they just put it up places. The goal of that campaign is my understanding was to create something relatively innocuous and see how outraged everyone would become proving that these people are unhinged. It's kind of like what Trump is doing here. Today is the anniversary, the 100th anniversary of the 19th amendment. The last state, I believe it was Tennessee ratified the 19th amendment on August 18th, 1920 solidifying women's women's right to vote. In the next general election, only about 36% of women actually ended up voting, but it's been 100 years. So Trump is commemorating it by pardoning Susan B. Anthony of her crime of illegally voting. And sure enough, they can't help themselves. In one article, there are a couple articles actually like, well, Susan B. Anthony was, you know, uh, she was anti-abortion and she was evangelical. And it's like, they go after the founding fathers, right? Of course they would go after Susan B. Anthony. Other articles can't help but just make it all about Trump having nothing to do with Susan B. Anthony. So here we go. The AP in their story, they're like, well, Trump's desperate bid to try and attack, attract female voters. And I'm just like, I'm laughing. Not one of these outlets could just say Donald Trump today posthumously, symbolically pardoned Susan B. Anthony for the crime of illegally voting. Today marks the 100th anniversary. Trump was commemorating it by doing this action. End of story. Not one. They all have to jam in something about Trump being a bigot, about being a sexist, or literally drag Susan B. Anthony. So now I'm laughing. And this is something that's referred to as the Babylon B news cycle, that basically, if Trump is for something, the Democrats must oppose it. I don't... 
The Democrats are opposing this. I kid you not. Some some blue check personalities are saying things like Susan B. Anthony wanted to be charged. That was the point. How dare you pardon her? That 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 was the point, right? And Trump pardoning her is agreeing with her. That's the point. He's saying after all this time, she did the right thing. I agree. They're trying to make it negative. So here's the 4D chess. You can you can operate on the assumption that that uh, Donald Trump just keeps walking down, walking down the street, slipping on a banana peel, but pulling off a perfect double backflip landing. Boom, superhero landing, fist to the ground. No, come on. Trump does something seemingly innocuous, kind of standard or traditional. Some people are dragging him for this. Many Trump supporters are disappointed. I can respect that. I was pretty upset that he didn't pardon Assange or someone, just someone. But then I thought about what he just did. Trump has just said to many Americans, I have done something boring and the media is screeching about it. You know, not as bad as they've been on many other stories, but the fact that they can't give three seconds to the president to just do something. I think you're going to see a lot of Americans going, what? You, 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 read, you read this article from the New York Times and they're like, actually, she was a very divisive figure and she was anti-abortion, therefore. And it's like, wait, wait, are you literally dragging? Listen, listen, Donald Trump has tricked the left and the media into disparaging Susan B. Anthony on the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. What is going on? These people have lost their minds. Today is the day to commemorate Susan B. Anthony, one of the OG suffragettes who fought for freedom and actually helped us progress as a nation. What are they doing? Donald Trump, with a flick of a pen and some very boring words, has just made one of the stupidest news cycles a reality. And maybe this will wake up a lot of people to say, what? What's going on? If they're lying about this, if they're doing this, what else were they lying about? Ah, tearing down statues, perhaps. The media screeches Confederate statues all day and night. Trump says, no, Grant, Jefferson, Washington. Maybe this will be a big wake up call for the suburban women that Donald Trump actually is trying to you know, get to vote for him. That's what the AP says. Let me show you some of these stories. The AP says Trump to pardon women suffrage leader Susan Anthony. And they just give you the basic, you know, gist of it, saying a controversy swirls over mail-in voting. Because, of course, Trump's move comes amid an outcry over postal service disruptions. Don't care. Just tell me what he did. Comments from Trump. And some of those assembled for a White House event commemorating the 19th Amendment quickly pivoted to an appeal for Trump's reelection. Win, lose, or draw. We have to get it right, Trump said, adding that mail-in voting as opposed to absentee voting leads to ballots cast by pets and the deceased. And I'll be fair and say this. For the, to the AP, if Donald Trump wants to veer off script when he was doing this and talks about other things, then you know what? That's on Trump if they're going to drag him for it for him doing it. But the AP likes to immediately bring up that Trump is trying to get support from suburban white women. They say his action comes as his support has been eroding among suburban white women in battleground states since his last campaign, in part because of his harsh rhetoric. In recent weeks, Trump has recognized he needs to work to undo some of the damage among pivotal constituency and has stepped up his events aimed at women. His campaign has launched a Women for Trump bus tour, and the president has embraced a law and order message with renewed vigor. They say Anthony was arrested for voting in her hometown of Rochester, New York, and convicted in a widely publicized trial. Although she refused to pay the fine, the authorities declined to take further action. That's kind of epic, dude. Susan B. Anthony was awesome. 
She was like, I, I, I think I have the quote, uh, it's the quote somewhere, but she basically was like, F off, you know, and that's civil disobedience. I'm down for it. You know, we, we ended up with a lot of changes to this country over the past hundred years, starting with those who are willing to stand up for civil rights and real social justice. And we have li- liberty has been winning out the rights of the individual. When they created this country, they didn't get it perfectly. But they had some really, really good ideas that laid the seeds, that planted the seeds of freedom. And people like Susan B. Anthony, people like Frederick Douglass, and many others, Martin Luther King Jr., were watering that seed, and it flourished into a beautiful, beautiful tree. And that's liberty for all, all individuals. And we continue to strive to do better. And we've done a really, really great job, probably the best country on the planet. So in honor of the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, Hats off to you. Congratulations, uh, you know, Susan B. Anthony. What an amazing legacy. But we, we, we can't, <laughs> they can't leave it alone. And so the reason why I bring up the suburban housewife thing is that I think this is a brilliant play by Trump. It may seem innocuous and traditional, but the more Trump does regular things, think about this. What have I complained about? Trump's, Trump's rhetoric, Trump's personality? You bet. And I said years ago, I was like, you got to understand that plays a, a serious role in how liberals feel about the guy. And I started to acknowledge, you know, we've got these really bad happenings right now with the riots, there's potential, uh, potential for war, and we've got COVID. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the riots need to be stopped. The rise of this weird far left insanity needs to be stopped. And Donald Trump is the only real choice, it feels like. And there's things I don't like about him, but I thought about it. When was the last time Trump did one of these, you know, insults and mocked and acted like a fool and he hasn't really been doing that. He's in fact, he's greatly improved. I know a lot of people liked that about him, that he was rough and, and tumble and would just say, you know, hit him, get out of here. I don't care. You know, this guy's a fat cow or whatever. Trump's been presidential, to say the least. So when I'm looking at the problems facing our country, Trump doing something very kind of boring, I was let down at first, to be honest. I was I was I was tweeting out like, what is this? What is going on? Are you kidding me? And then I just saw the reaction and I started laughing. And I was like, Trump got him. Trump is now playing up the role of a regular president, and they're going nuts. I think it's a brilliant strategy. The suburban housewives who know the history and the importance of Susan B. Anthony will now read stories in the New York Times where they say that, like, Susan B. Anthony was an increasingly divisive figure. Wait, wait, it's, it's the 100th anniversary, and the New York Times is smearing Susan B. Anthony? Oh, wow. Look at this. Unlike other pardons the president has given, Ms. Anthony is not someone whose work Mr. Trump has spoken of either in his campaign or during his presidency. She is also an increasingly divisive figure adopted by anti-abortion forces and criticized for relegating relegating black suffragists to the sidelines. On Tuesday, Marjorie uh, Dannenfelser, president of the Susan B. Anthony List, an anti-abortion political group, and Cleta Mitchell, an attorney who represents conservatives groups were in attendance at, as Mr. Trump made his announcement. He pardoned or granted clemency to a number of people he personally knows or for people whose cases resonate with him, such as Rob Lagojevich, who is serving a prison uh, term for you know corruption charges in Illinois. Mr. Trump recently granted clemency to other people. Then they go on to say this. This is amazing. Mr. Trump, who has repeatedly been accused of harassment or assault and who has often made degrading comments about women, is facing a deep gender gap in this in his campaign against Mr. Biden. On Tuesday, surrounded by several female supporters, Mr. Trump declared that women do, uh, women dominate the United States and complained the coronavirus has darkened the economic picture for for women. But the event on Tuesday did not stay on the topic of women's suffrage for long. The point is, 
The New York Times couldn't help themselves. If Trump says it, they got to be against it. Look, there's more. Guilty of nothing. Lieutenant Governor Hochul says Susan B. Anthony doesn't need a pardon. Trump can't even agree with them without them getting angry and saying no to Trump. She said, as the highest ranking women elected official in New York, and on behalf of Susan B. Anthony's legacy, we demand Trump rescind his pardon. She was proud of her arrest to draw attention to the cause for women's rights and never paid her fine. Let her rest in peace. Trump is commemorating one of the most prominent historical figures in American history on this day, the 100th anniversary of suffrage. Susan B. Anthony didn't get to live to see her dream, but with her fight, she pulled it off. What happened to the left, man? Donald Trump is saying she was right the whole time. That's what he is saying with the pardon. She stood her ground and defied the law. And finally, 100 years later, the government has capitulated to her. You were right the whole time. They say, no, take it back. She wanted to be arrested and charged. Yes, to make a point. And now from the highest office in our country, the president said she was right the whole time. Bravo. You know, I didn't really care about this. I was like, I'm not going to talk about this. Isn't anything. you know, whatever. Trump did his thing. And now I'm seeing this just sheer insanity. I'm going to throw it to Sticks X and Hammer. Sticks is a smart fellow. If you don't follow him on YouTube, you should check him out. He's on Twitter, Sticks666official. He says, Trump's Susan B. Anthony pardon is a double whammy from a strategic standpoint. It brings up the issue of illegal voting and it nullifies the Democrats' Trump is sexist line. As far as any particular pragmatic meaning, it has none, but perception trumps reality. You know, I saw that from Six, and I said, that's actually a really good point. And sure enough, when you look over at ABC News, it absolutely does bring up the fraudulent voting. Think about it. I showed you this in the other articles. They mentioned the same thing at a, at a time of heightened concern about mail-in voting, mail-in voting. Trump, this, he, he had an opportunity. He took it. I actually think it was kind of smart. Now, I got to be fair. I'm upset. I did want to see Assange get pardoned. I still would. That's just me. Um, it's a complicated issue, but Assange, I believe, as far as I, you know, I can tell based on the things I've seen, it was it was acts of journalism. They targeted him, and it's kind of scary what they've been doing in it, doing to him for like a decade now. So I thought it was going to be Assange. I thought it was going to be epic, and it wasn't. So I'm let down, and I'm not going to let that, you know, being let down, ne- like negatively impact my perception of what's actually going on. ABC News says, you know, he pardons her, blah blah blah. It also comes at a, a, a amid Trump's relentless claims without evidence of widespread fraud if there is universal mail-in voting in November's election and mounting concern over U.S. Postal Service disruptions. Trump is keeping the conversation on mail-in voting and voting fraud. Sticks is right. Absolutely right. Now, of course, there are still other outlets that are kind of hilariously. Look, uh, I'm just going to. Here we go. They say Trump's pardon induced a backlash from critics who said defiance of a corrupt law was Anthony's point, And the president has no business pardoning her. So I, I did mention this. But look at this. She is also regarded as a hero by some evangelical anti-abortion campaigners, a stance which many pro-choice campaigners contest. Members of the Susan B. Anthony list and anti-abortion group were at the White House on Tuesday. Though Anthony never publicly spoke for or against abortion, some have attributed to her anti-abortion writing from a, from a writer who went by the letter A. Experts deemed Anthony's connection to the writing dubious at best. Whatever. The point is, they couldn't help but drag Susan B. Anthony, one of the original OGs, for which we have quite literally the Susan B. Anthony silver dollar, man. 
It's not the silver. It's not a real silver dollar, but people call them, you know, silver dollars or whatever. Uh, it's just a, it's, it means a coin that is worth $1. And we, I, they used to, they give these out. I don't know if they still do, but they used to. And for the Chicago train line, when you put money in, it would give you Susan B. Anthony coins worth $1. We, we, we put the woman literally on our currency. That's how much we revere her. Now, I'll, I'll be fair. Look, them coming out and criticizing her is, is relatively minor. But to see even a negative word on this day is just insanity. Can you imagine what's going to happen when, like, Trump comes out and he says Martin Luther King Jr. was great? And they're like, actually, Martin Luther King Jr. was. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I want to show you some humorous <laughs> points. This one is, was posted to the Donald.win, which is the big Donald Trump forum a guide to our stupid news cycle. This breaks down from the Babylon Bee exactly what we're seeing. Trump takes stance on a thing. The post office is slow. War is bad. HCQ looks promising. Democrats forced to take opposite stance. The post office is incredible. War is good. I'd rather die. (laughs) I kid you not. I was talking to a longstanding progressive friend of mine, and I said, Donald Trump is trying to withdraw our troops from the Middle East. Would you support that? And they said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? Weren't you out complaining about this with every other liberal like five, six years ago, 10 years ago, 12 with Obama? I don't know. I actually had a friend tell me, you know, I read this really interesting article on why we're in Afghanistan. It really makes sense. And I'm like, who's the article by? And it was a neocon. And I'm like, what has happened to you? You hate Trump so much. Yes, let's carry on. War is good, they say unhinged conspiracy theories form. Trump is working with big hydroxy to nuke mailbox and cause apocalyptic levels of peace. It's it's true. Unhinged conspiracies. Are you seeing the people post the photos of like mailboxes at dumpster yards? They're just old, destroyed, decrepit mailboxes. And they're like, what is happening? Trump is getting rid of our mailboxes. You know, Vladimir Putin has ordered him to do it. Yep. False theories all debunked and absolutely no lessons are learned. Which brings me now to yes, how the Babylon Bee knows they can crank out a home run every minute at any time, whenever. Brilliant Trump puts himself on all postage stamps, forcing Democrats to push for abolishing USPS. One of my favorites on the Babylon Bee is uh, ingenious move. Donald Trump comes out in support of impeachment, forcing Democrats to oppose. Or one of the more common jokes is, if, if Trump came out in favor of oxygen, Democrats would hold their breaths, their, their breath, breaths, whatever. Because that's how the news works, man. Now, I will, I will wrap this up by saying, in all seriousness, I'm let down. I think it's funny. It's funny that Trump knows how to play this game. And the important takeaway from all of this is that there's going to be some suburban housewives who are going to be sitting there reading the paper and see some disparaging remark about Susan B. Anthony and go, huh? Like, what? Are you, what? Then there's going to be someone saying, why are you bringing up these negative things about Susan B. Anthony? Why is it bad that Trump pardoned her, agreeing with her? Why is everything Donald Trump does wrong? Come on, man. And, and, and they have to say something. But, you know, so I think that's a great political point for the president. But what about actual pardons? Well, I'm going to throw it back to the, uh, the, the fellers over at the Donald.win who bring up in initially, 14 hours ago, Trump says he will pardon someone very, very important on Tuesday. Assange, let go, uh, let's go free the gray beard. Julian Assange has been a political prisoner. Fingers crossed for Assange. If it's Assange, I expect people will board planes because the pain is here. Justice demands it. Justice demands it. 
Well, I got bad news for y'all. The latest post, Trump pardon, not Assange, but Susan B. Anthony. Sorry, boys. People said, meh, don't always get your hopes up for these types of announcements. This one really seems useless and pandering. His base is going to say the same thing. Meh. The other side is going to say pandering. What good does this really do? Free Assange. It forced me to look up, look up why she was being pardoned for what? Anthony, who died in 1906, had been arrested in 1872 for violating laws that had permitted only men to vote. Those laws were just, haha, JK. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer that it wasn't Assange, in, in my opinion. I think that there are many people Trump could pardon. And I guess I really do feel, you know, Trump talked about pardoning Snowden. He was very, very critical of Snowden early on, but he changed his tune. And I think it's obvious. Glenn Greenwald brought it up. Donald Trump initially was like, nah, Snowden leaked secrets. Then Trump became the target of in members of the intelligence community abusing their power to go after him. And then he was like, well, I'm glad Snowden did it. And so now he may very well pardon Snowden. So you know what? I'll tell you this. Will Biden? No, of course not. Will Biden bolster our troops in foreign countries and, and help provoke war? Probably. Will he likely to be fall asleep, give the reins to Kamala Harris? That's probable too. Will Joe Biden do anything substantive or will he recreate the establishment policies that left us where we were for the pat, you know, for the Obama, for the Obama years, drone strikes, war, generally just expansion of the surveillance state, FISA abuse, espionage, espionage act charges. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not voting for that guy. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that the Donald Trump guy will get our troops out of the Middle East, that he'll pardon Snowden and Assange, and he'll do, he'll do things that people in this country actually care about instead of pandering to insane mobs. Today, Donald Trump did something relatively innocuous, in my opinion, that let me down. And mostly I don't care. But to see the reaction from people to criticize him over this, I'm just ready to face palm. 4D chess move or Trump slipping once again on a banana peel and landing a perfect backflip. If, tr- if everything Trump does is wrong, they must be lying. Because I'll tell you this, Trump does many good things. Trump doesn't always do the best things. That's normal. And that I can understand and grasp. But whatever it is the Democrats say, everything is wrong. I'm sick of it. And you know what? Part of what, listen, I said this before, there are Trump supporters and there are anti-establishment. And I hate more than anything the fact that no matter what he does, it's wrong. So you know what? I'm sick of it. If, if, if the dude bought a, a pizza for a homeless guy, they'd say, but he couldn't get him a salad or something healthy. What is wrong with the man? Trump could run into a burning building and singed and burned, carry out a box of puppies that he saved. And they would say, yeah, but why was he in the fire? Did he start it? How dare Trump do this? What about cat lovers? They would just be unhinged. And no matter what he does, it's wrong. They would say, how reckless of a president to risk his life over puppies. He's the president of the United States. He must be safe. What would happen if he got hurt? How reckless. Trump could dive off the side, you know, with like a rope from an exploding, you know, building glass and then swing down and, and, and save a young child falling 100 stories, swing back and land perfectly. And they would somehow find a way to make it bad. We live in interesting times, to say the least. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net, where I will be talking about the DNC, which is going to be fun. And I will see you then. Thanks for hanging out. Today is the Republican primary in a couple of districts in Florida, maybe many of them, but there's two that I need to focus on. And this first story is shocking and scary. And look, man, dirty politics are afoot in Florida. Byron Donalds, who is running a he's a pro-Trump Republican, 
had somebody send out text messages pretending to be him, claiming he dropped out of the race. That, to me, dirty and crazy. Link to an old video. We'll go through all this. I'll show you the story. They've issued a statement. We've also got the other Florida primary for Laura Loomer, which is going to be really, really interesting. So I'm just going to go over these stories and we'll talk about what's happening. But first, let's uh, let's dive right into what's going on with Byron Donalds. He tweeted, I did not drop out of the race. This illegal text sent to the whole district is absolutely false and old edited footage from 2012. I am running for Congress because I am a proven conservative that will fight dirty politics just like this. Vote Byron Donalds for Congress in Florida 19. It's kind of scary. You know why? Byron may have already lost because of this. I mean, think about it. Some people are saying, look at this. Well, I'm relieved to hear it. I didn't want to believe it. My husband just got it. I didn't. Many people believe this and they're not going to see the correction. So when they go to vote, they'll see his name and think, oh, yeah, but he dropped out. This will absolutely cut into his uh, his percentage, his the amount of votes he's going to get. And I don't think there's anything you can do about it. This is a scary, scary exploit. Check it out. He posted this. FYI, I just received this via text. I can't I, I can tell it's false, but don't know who it's from or how many others received it. It's from North Naples. It says, hello, folks, I'm Byron Donalds. And today I dropped out of Southwest Florida's race for Congress. While it may seem disappointing, I promise that my fight to expand the party and defend President Trump is not over. View my statement uh, at, and then it's a bit.ly, Donald's, Donald's press release. Reply stop to unsubscribe from phone number. And there's a number listed why I'm ending my campaign for Congress. Now, the video has been deleted. The number is presumably fake. And Byron Donalds has not dropped out. But who is Byron Donalds? Well, he calls himself uh, a liberty-loving pro-Trump, pro-Second Amendment, pro-life husband and father to three conservative candidate for Congress, Florida, Florida 19. That's right. A pro-Trump black American Republican running in the primary just had illegal fake texts go out to disrupt his campaign. And it may have worked. It absolutely may have. We won't know. We will. We won't know. But the exploit happened. Check this out. This is from Fox 4. Congressional District 19 candidate Byron Donald's still in the race. They say Fox 4 has been made aware of a recent video with representative in Congress, District 19, announcing he is dropping out. Fox 4 can confirm the YouTube video appearing to be a news report about Donald's leaving the race is a fake. Someone tried to make it look like a Fox 4 video, but the footage is poorly edited and uses graphics from a Fox station in Dallas. Donald's is holding a press conference this morning to address the videos and texts that are being sent out. He posted this, uh, Rachel Lloyd posted, still in the race, Byron Donald's addresses false text message sent to voters this morning saying he has dropped out of the congressional race uh, at Fo- uh, Fox 4 now. So that's the gist of the story. This is the video as, you, as, as it pops up. It just says video unavailable. It was taken down by YouTube. Man, this one is, is, is creepy stuff. We got a couple uh, big, well, this is not necessarily, in my opinion, one of the biggest primaries and most important elections. I honestly think Laura Loomer's race is going to be one of the most important. But this is an example of how dirty politics is, and it's been dirty for a long time. So let me, let me add to this, okay? Donald Trump has been talking about voter interference, voter fraud. Even Joe Biden and the Democrats have mentioned China is trying to interfere. Look how easy it is to jam somebody up. 
I wonder who these other Republicans that are running in Florida 19 are, because it might not be an, this might not be Democrats doing this. The Democratic primary right now is Cindy Bonyai and David Holden. But the Republican Party, it's actually fair. Uh, the Republican primary is actually fairly massive. Check this out. You've got Darren Aquino, Casey Ascar, uh, of course, Byron Donalds, Dane Eagle, William Figglestaller, Randy Henderson, Daniel Kawai, Christy McLaughlin, Dan Severson. I don't know anything about most of these candidates, but it might not be Democrats. It might actually be other Republicans playing dirty, trying to get this guy out. And I think we've, you know, we've seen over the past few years, a ton of establishment Republicans retire or drop out. Maybe there's a, you know, a never Trumper kind of establishment Republican play to try and mess with Byron Donalds, but it may just be Democrats trying to stop the one or I don't I, I'm assuming many of them are probably pro Trump. So I wonder why they're trying to stop this guy. You know, Kanye West said something interesting, and I don't know if this is the issue, but he pointed out how Kanye as a black American was basically told you got to vote Democrat. Otherwise, you know, they're going to come for you. Your music career would be over. I wonder if that plays a role in this. I believe the Democrats are absolutely terrified that we that Donald Trump has massive support from from black Americans. Traditionally, Republicans don't get a whole lot of support, but Donald Trump really is trying. I'm I'm impressed with Trump, man. I really, really am. I think he's been trying really, really, really hard. There's that photo of him and he's coming back from that rally in Tulsa and his tie is off and he's just looking like he's, you know, he's been sweating. He's been working. And I got to say, I think Donald Trump really is trying. I do. He's, he's dramatically improved himself, and he's gotten over a lot of the issues that I've had with him back in 2015. At this point, for me, a lot of my, you know, uh, I, I've been saying I'm probably going to vote for Trump. If it happened today, it probably would vote for him. Absolutely. Has to do more with the Democrats being failures, being dangerous, in my opinion, and less so with support for Trump. But I will add the Democrats have offered me no policy positions I like. And Donald Trump has withdrawing from Afghanistan. For me, I'm like, I'll take it. Right. So you know what? Trump's doing OK. I used to say Trump's kind of he's bad, but he's not that bad. Now I say Trump's not that bad. He's actually kind of OK. He's definitely improved himself. But anyway, my point is not to play identity politics. I'm, I'm, I'm never a big fan of that. But I have to wonder if that is a threat to the Democratic establishment. You've got a lot. There are a lot of people right now. You've got Kimberly Klasick in Maryland. She's put out a viral video. She is a black woman running for Congress, a Republican in Maryland, in, in I believe, North Baltimore. And her video is going viral. I have to imagine this is a problem for many Democrats who demand and absolutely need to maintain votes from black Americans. It is said that if 20% of the black community votes for Republican, the Democrats will not win ever again. Ever again, in the sense, I'm assuming that if, he, if you maintain that 20% support. But good on Trump for actually trying to do right by many different communities. I don't think he's perfect, but I, I do think he's trying. I want to make sure I point out something else that's going on in Florida as well, because it's not just about this, uh, uh, this race, which is Florida's 19th, but also Florida's 21st. You know what that you know what Florida's 21st is? This is Miami-Dade. And we got a Republican primary right now with a nice handful of people. Check this out. Christian Acosta, Liz Felton, Aaron Scanlon, Reba Sherrill, Michael Villardi, and Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer has absolutely destroyed the competition so far. So I am really eager to see if she's going to be able to, to, to win this one. And part of me thinks, yeah, I mean, look at look at this money, dude. She raised one point one six million dollars. 
compared to the next biggest competitor, Reba Sherrill, who got 350,000, Aaron Scanlon, 93,000. Now, I don't know. Look, Laura's got a lot of diehard fans over on Parlor. She's she's posting about this because she's been banned from everywhere else. It's the squad versus Loomer. You've got people coming out with the thin blue line flag. You've got the Loomer for Congress sign. And, you know, scrolling up, she's got 628,000 followers on Parlor. I've always said this. It's not about whether like, look, there's a lot of people who do not like her. She's been banned for a lot of reasons. But boy, does she have fans 620,000. Because one thing Laura's always been good at is generating press. She knows she's like she's almost like Trump herself in that regard. She knows how to do a high profile action. And again, this is not about policy. If you don't like her, that's fine. But I think she's doing really well. I would not be surprised to find out that she does win in her primary today. We'll see how this goes, because by the time you end up watching this, it's probably already happened. And I'm going to be eager to see how this played out. Obviously, she's, you know, they're they're posting things like go and vote for her in the district. But I will point out, this is a D plus nine district. If she wins, it will be one heck of an upset. Okay, D plus nine. It's the Cook political analysis. Basically, the the uh, as of right now, this district is for the most part leaning nine nine points Democrat and she's running as a Republican. Laura has to uh, has to win her primary and then she has to win in the general we may be looking at a major swing, okay? December 13th, 2019 in the UK, they saw a massive conservative victory. Laura Loomer, do not underestimate her at your own peril. All of these people like to make fun of her. They do. And I, I, I think it's, look, I, I, I get it. You want to make fun of her, whatever. People get made fun of all the time. Trump gets made fun of. I'm willing to laugh at any joke. Laura Loomer has 620,000 followers on Parler. She had hundreds of thousands of followers on other, on other platforms before she got banned. She certainly knows what she's doing. And maybe that attention when people make fun of her is part of the game. She's going to get a ton of support because of this. And I absolutely think where she's running, my understanding is it's a, there's a large Jewish community, Laura being Jewish. I think you'd be surprised she actually successfully pulls off an upset. But we'll see. We'll see. To be fair, we will see. I don't know. I don't know. So look, I, I hope Byron uh, does well. I am disgusted by the dirty games trying to, trying to shut this, this guy out. And, you know, look, best of luck to all the Republicans, to the crony establishment, never Trumper ones who just want to get back in so they can get the keys to the castle. I'm not a fan of you, so we'll see how this plays out. But uh, interesting stuff nonetheless. Stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in just a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. I got to say right now, I am very, very happy with Donald Trump. Let's throw away all the politics. Let's throw away all of the insults, anything the man has ever done. And I'm just going to sit back and say, thank you, Donald Trump. You know why? Because Trump has bought possibly the most expensive digital ad space you can buy on YouTube. Part of of the Trump campaign's seven-figure digital buy this week. And guess what? You probably saw ads for Donald Trump when you're watching my content, and that means money in the bank. I'm half kidding, by the way. The real news that I'm trying to bring up here is that Trump is pulling out all the stops and is making a massive digital ad buy. But let's be real. If you're on YouTube, you should probably be happy because them Trump bucks are falling in your bank account right now. And that means CPMs are going to be through the roof. So I'll just sit back and say, hey, Trump, you buy all the ad space you want. The same thing was true for Bloomberg and Joe Biden. I'm, I'm half kidding, by the way. It is true. There's going to look, YouTubers are going to get a windfall off this. So have a good laugh right now. You know, all these YouTubers making content where they're ragging on Trump. Hey, he's buying ads. 
Here's what's really funny. Normally, I wouldn't take a sponsor spot from the likes of Bloomberg or Trump, but YouTube does it automatically. So you end up with their ads running on my content. And I remember when Bloomberg was running, his ads were everywhere. And people would talk about how on my videos ragging on Bloomberg, they get a Bloomberg ad. And I'm like, good. If he wants to pay me to make fun of him, so be it, I guess. In reality, he was trying to put his message out to counter me making fun of him. In, 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 in the instance of Trump, I think this is just a power play. We can, we, obviously, we can expect it. It's a political campaign, but this is huge. He, Trump bought the most expensive space on the internet. He's not sitting back. So to all of these ads where they were like, Trump admits he's losing, fake news. Trump just fired a political campaign nuclear bomb, to put it simply. Let's read the story from the New York Times. They say, Trump campaign makes huge digital ad buy during the Democratic convention. The Trump campaign is trying to make sure that Mr. Trump's message will be almost impossible to miss even during the Democrats' biggest week. Now, I want to go back to this tweet. Twitter is just kind of janky right now. I can't play the video anyway because it is a video of Antifa and Black Lives Matter extremism. But the video in question that's airing now on YouTube, which you've probably seen, is all of these DNC Democrats saying peaceful, 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 while there's fires and violence erupting behind them. Did you know and you probably do because you've maybe watched my podcast or my other videos. A Democrat was actually arrested and charged. I don't know about arrested yet, but a Democrat had two felony charges placed against her for conspiring to destroy public property in Virginia, as well as several public defenders and many members of the NAACP. Felony charges. These Democrats want to say peaceful. It's wrong. But let's read about Trump's major push. The New York Times says the Trump campaign is launching an aggressive four-day digital advertising campaign that will take over some of the internet's most conspicuous real estate during the three marquee days of the Democratic National Convention, which most viewers will watch online. Adhering to the president's penchant for focusing attention on himself during major Democratic events, the Trump campaign will be taking over the banner of YouTube for 96 hours starting on Tuesday, the second day of the convention, an expensive and far-reaching digital gambit. The campaign will also blanket the homepages of the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and FoxNews.com with Trump campaign ads. Even non-DNC programming will be inundated with Trump ads as the campaign has bought premium or unskippable ads on sites like Hulu. And of course, the left is outraged, calling for a boycott of Amazon and Hulu, complaining to no end on Twitter. Why am I getting ads for this? Because it's a political campaign, dude. It happens. And I, I look, I'm going to say this. I'm happy with Trump. And that's the half joke because I get paid. I don't believe Joe Biden is going to be putting any money into this. So so I wag my finger at you, Joe Biden. Where's my advertising bucks? Bloomberg coughed it up again. I know I'm kidding. The point is, I don't think the Democrats are very serious about this. The DNC is a disaster and Trump is overshadowing them by dumping hard cash into ads over their own content. Think about how crazy this is, okay? There's going to be a YouTube video from somebody talking about the DNC or of the DNC and a Trump ad will play on top of that. That's crazy. I mean, seriously. Now, I I know on CNN and and competing platforms, you'll, you'll get this. But when we're talking about all digital, the Democrats don't have the option to say we don't want these commercials running on our content. It's going to be all over the Internet. Uh, Progressive commentators are going to be talking about the good things the DNC is doing. And then Donald Trump's going to pop up and try and counter that narrative. Whether it works or not, I don't know. I'm not convinced that Michael Bloomberg's ads actually worked. And I got to say, when it comes to digital, 
I think most people have made up their minds on the right. This is what gets interesting. If Bloomberg runs a commercial on my video, I think there's very few people who are literally going to say, hey, that Bloomberg commercial convinced me Trump is wrong. No, I think people who are seeking out news have a better understanding of the news. And so people who end up watching content like mine searched for it or have a better understanding just in general because they're more willing to watch different sources. The left is more likely to watch mainstream media and only get the narrative. So what happens when they're watching the mainstream media on YouTube and the Trump ad pops up and now they're being exposed to information they didn't know before? Well, this is where things get interesting. I believe the left is more likely to walk away to the Republican Party because they're the ones who actually don't have the information, a tendency not to have the information, not an absolute. So I think Trump's ad campaigns are going to work. And I think Joe Biden realizes it's probably not going to do anything good for him, the Democrats in general. I don't think the Democrats will spend nearly as much money, but we will see. It's going to be interesting. One thing that will be very telling is if they hold under the cash they have, keep it in their coffers, that would suggest to me they're preparing for the next cycle and they don't expect to win. The campaign is from the New York Times. The campaign amounts to high seven figures, a significant sum to spend online in such a short period of time and could top 10 million based on the engagement metrics of some ads. Ooh, I'm getting excited. Donald Trump's dumping money. Just make, he, he, here's, here's, okay, okay, let me calm down. Donald Trump's making it rain. You know what I'm doing? He's got those $100 bills falling. I'm here on YouTube. Bring it on, Trump. I'll take them Trump bucks. The takeover, I'm kidding, by the way. I know the left is going to like scream, like they're going to clip this and be like, look at, look at he's saying. The takeover of the YouTube banner and the news site's homepages are national buys, while the spending for Hulu and others will be in swing states. It's an attempt to be as digitally ubiquitous as possible during a nearly all digital convention. And the Trump campaign will be tailoring its message to, to a direct attack on the Democratic platform as a far left manifestation of a Republican's worst fears. Trump campaign officials said they were able to grab the digital slots because the Democrats who moved their original convention date had not purchased the time for the original week, had not purchased the time for the original week in July, nor for the new one beginning Monday. Boom, there it is. The Democrats didn't buy any of this ad space. Why? Donald Trump's going to win. Trump is going to win. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced absolutely convinced. Did you see that weird thing they did where the guy's singing and he's got the cape and he's floating around in the DNC? Did you see this? The unmitigated disaster of a cringe fest that is the DNC. I could not believe it. Their ratings are down supposedly like 50% from the 2016 convention. They know they're going to lose. They're not spending the money. So Trump swoops in and buys it up. Are you kidding? It was an easy defensive position for, for Biden, who's been raising this money. So what are they doing? They are planning to lose. Good. Bring it on, Trump. I want to I want to see the indictments. I want to see the riots stopped. I want to I want to see the economy bolstered. I want to see American factories back in this country. I want to see smiles on people's faces as I wave to my neighbors and say today we're going out for a slice of pizza because the economy is built back better. Right, Biden? And it's not going to be Biden who does it. It's going to be Trump who does it. There it is. That's what I was saying. The Democrats aren't buying the ad space. Shocking, huh? How many people really thought Trump was just going to win? As always, I must give the caveat warning. If this, you know, you believe is victory, I certainly do. But you must still act as though it is not guaranteed. It could be a trick. They could be lying in wait. I'm reminded of this famous story. It's a famous story, okay, of 
this, uh, I forgot the guy's name, is a famous general. And there was a big army. It was in China. A big army was heading to his, you know, his fortress or whatever. And he had no forces to defend it. So we opened all the gates and then just like sat up on top and played the loot or whatever. And then the army rushed in. This enemy force stopped. They saw what he was doing and they immediately turned around and ran away. They thought it was a trap. He tricked them. He didn't have a way to defend himself, to defend himself. So he tried to make it look like it was a trap. This is what I see. They're not buying up ad space. It very well may be they're pathetic and on the verge of, of losing. I, for one, am excited about that sweet Trump dollars coming in. That's 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 a reality. But this could be they, they know they need to convince all the Trump supporters they've got it. But I, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that's the play. I really do think they're just fumbling because if it was the case, then you'd see Trump in the polls. Everyone saying he's going to win. This to me looks like the Democrats are ill prepared to do anything. So most of you have probably seen all the Trump ads anyway. Trump is not holding back. Trump is not preparing to lose. Trump is firing everything. And the Democrats are spinning in circles and they're not doing what they need to do. But they're desperate. Peaceful protests. It's like they're doing everything in their power to make sure Trump wins. The, the, the near cancellation of the 9-11 memorial. Wow, was that offensive to me? And I don't get offended by anything. But as an American, I was like, how dare you? Cuomo says the lights will be back on for 9-11. Good, good, because wow. But let's talk about Cuomo. Let's talk about what the Democrats are doing. I got another segment coming up for you in the next couple of minutes. Cuomo profiting, profiting off a crisis. We'll see how Donald Trump does. I'm looking forward to those ad dollars. I love me election season, huh? Stick around. I got, a, I got another segment coming up for you in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Over on TikTok, young people are complaining about their MAGA parents. One person talking about how their parents actually kicked them out for supporting Black Lives Matter. Wow. I couldn't believe it when I saw this story. I said, what kind of parent kicks their kids out? I mean, you can't have kids out on the street. These poor kids don't know how to live or work. What are you doing? They must be, you know, 14 years. Oh, wait, they're 23. The person who got kicked out is 23 years old. You didn't so much get kicked out of your parents' house as it's more so them saying, dude, it's time to grow up and get your own place. I know a lot of a lot of young people probably do live with their parents, especially now because of how crazy everything's been. So I'm only half kidding. But, you know, look, at a certain age, you do got to figure things out for yourself, maybe get a place with your friends. But what the story says to me, a lot of these parents, I'm just going to say it, man. You raised your kids wrong. You raised your kids wrong. I know. I know. Who am I to say? I don't have any kids. My parents raised me right. And not everybody knows the answers. I remember having a conversation with a buddy of mine and I said, look, man, when I have my kid, he is going to be a ninja skateboarder scientist. He's going to be the smartest, the fastest, the best. And my friend laughed and said, your kid's going to be a little a, a little S head. And you know it. You can't control what these kids do. Everybody thinks they knows that or they know what to do. I disagree. I think there is a way to be a good parent. I'm not going to pretend like I know how because I don't have any kids. But I think there's a way to do it. And unfortunately, while I'm not trying to be overly disrespectful, I think these parents made, made, made mistakes. Too many people trusted the education system. Too many people trusted these schools. I hate these schools. I think they're terrible. I, I can't stand the manipulation and the indoctrination. And now we're seeing what these schools are doing to kids. This is just the beginning. From BuzzFeed, they say, the latest TikTok trend in venting about your, it is venting about your MAGA parents. Children of conservatives are drifting far from their parents, and they're doing so in front of the entire world. And it's kind of cringy, to be honest. TikTok is where Bridget Olek told the world she had to leave her father's Minnesota lake house 
after he discovered she'd protested at a Black Lives Matter rally in Fargo, North Dakota. I wonder, protested or rioted? Tensions between the two had been brewing for a while. He's a Republican and a Trump supporter. She's the polar opposite. Olick said the final break came when she went to a protest instead of entertaining family members who were visiting for the weekend. Her father asked her to leave. So she packed up her van and headed to other to other parts of Minnesota, then North Dakota, then Arizona, and finally North Carolina for now. Quote, you know, those feisty white girls y'all be talking about, she said while driving in a TikTok video over audio of cash dolls ice me out. The ones with racist parents that are supporting Black Lives Matter. Yeah, a bee just got kicked out of her house for supporting Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's time. And she added, I'm 23. Now, I am kind of sad by this. Are these kids so headstrong and indoctrinated you can't sit down with them and have a conversation? I think if that's the case, then maybe they needed more trust in you. And maybe that's what the school system is doing. I mean, look, you're, you're a kid. I remember being super young and they take you away from your parents for, you know, for, for eight plus hours per day. I mean, your parents are there in the morning. They pick you up at school or you walk home. I walked to school and walked back for the most part. My school was literally one block away from me. So, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. But you go to school and you're around all these other people and you don't, your parents don't really know who these people are. And we saw in this viral thread, a teacher saying, oh, no, now that these classes are being live streamed, the kids are the, the parents are going to learn what we're telling their children. You end up with kids like this. Maybe we need to make sure the next generation, all of us, you know, the people who are hopefully going to have kids, Make sure those kids stay close to you and trust you and do what you can to be a good leader, to teach them, to help them grow so they understand and they trust you back. Then when they're 23 and they want to go to a Black Lives Matter you know, protest or whatever, you can sit down with them and say, absolutely. And I will absolutely support you in this. But first, why don't we have a conversation? Let me show you some things and ask you how you feel about them. And then you could have a real conversation. I think there's there's fair points to be made for Black Lives Matter, 100 percent. But the organization behind it is doing things that I completely disagree with. And there's cringe, freaky indoctrination. What I mean to say is I have friends who don't like police brutality, and I completely understand and agree with them. That's the surface level of what's really going on. If you can talk to them and say, listen, Here's what happens when you go out and defend these groups. There's the people who are engaging in violence, people who are dying. And I think you'd be, you'd be wise to rethink joining these groups. But if it were me, if I was the parent, I, I'd probably never kick out my kid because I want them to be around me to at least hear what I have to say. So it's unfortunate something like this would happen. Let's read a little bit more. They say, and then the appeal to be uh, uh, to what seemed like no one at the time, but I'm gonna be homeless for a while. So if anyone wants to let me couch surf, it's the kind of support teens and young adults like Oleg have, have come to expect in an era of crowdsourcing and mutual aid groups. It was a big ask to Oleg's 500 followers at the time. She now has 22,000. Imagine that. If the dad just said, okay, look, I love you. You're my daughter. I do not agree with you, but please don't leave. Stay here and just hang out with us and talk to us and be calm and be, be a, a, a parent to these kids. Now, here's what happens. It's not even so much about kids, it's about anyone in general. This is why I always say, if somebody does wrong, they come out and do the right thing, you give them credit and praise for it, and you are better off with them close to you than pushing them away. I'll, I'll tell you what's going to happen. This person, you know who's going to invite her in? It's going to be some radical in a squat. They're going to be like, yo, we have this squat downtown. Why don't you come hang out? 
And then she's going to be surrounded by even more radical individuals and go further down that rabbit hole. At least when she was in your house, you had some way to say, here are you know the things I expect, but I respect you too. And I understand your point of view. I remember having you know serious conversations with my parents about politics, and they certainly didn't agree with me all the time. I was a young, rambunctious, pretty you know, far leftist, and they never kicked me out or insulted me. And they did a good job. Look where I am today. So I respect that. It, 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 it bums me out, man, to see these stories. They say the post was viewed more than 700,000 times and more than 5,000 people commented on the viral video. Most responses were encouraging. Some people offered her a place to stay. Others, are, others asked for her cash app or Venmo credentials. She raised $503, what she called pity money, and in turn donated $600 to BlackLivesMatter.com evidenced by the receipt she used as a green screen backdrop. Maybe it's fake. Maybe it's a grifter. Maybe she never really got kicked out. But whether or not the story is true is, is less relevant. If you're a parent to one of these kids, don't kick them out. Don't yell at them. Be nice and ask them to at least talk to you about it. Maybe they're indoctrinated and too angry and they won't. That could be true in her case. But I tell you what, man, give it a shot. Say, why don't we go to a restaurant and just hang out every day? And then you can tell me why I'm wrong. That's what I'd say. I'd say, okay, you think I'm wrong 100%. How about you just talk to me and tell me everything you think I'm doing wrong? That's it. And I'll listen. And you give them that opportunity. And then you ask questions, the Socratic method. Say, okay, so if you think that voting for Trump is racist, how would you know, how would you X? How do you feel about Y? What should we do? And try and have a conversation. Because in the end, for me, I don't think you, I'm not ever trying to convince anyone to do anything. I get these messages where they're like, Tim, thanks to you. I used to be, you know, far right. Now I'm more centrist. I get people who are far left who are like, I used to be far left. Now I'm kind of center, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not trying to make anybody do anything. I'm just trying to make everybody be kind of chill, hang out with each other, have a conversation and actually navigate the problems we're facing. It's not so simple as to say all Republicans are wrong. All Democrats are wrong. I think the Democratic leadership right now is insane. I think most Democratic voters aren't paying attention. And I think people like her don't know what she's really talking about. We see these weird school curriculums, indoctrination. They're trying to manipulate people. So for me, it's if we can all hang out together, we'll find that middle ground and pull people away from the extreme ends. Real conversations will do that. But if all we have is anger, finger pointing or kicking people out, eventually what happens is you push people into the dark corners. This is a perfect, perfect example of that. They say, quote, that TikTok, I did not expect to blow up the way it did. Olek, who goes by the name of, what is this, uh, Pinky Rings, I'm not going to read that, <laughs> on TikTok, told BuzzFeed News, I was basically just shouting into my phone saying, well, I got kicked out. I was truly taken aback by the response and then comments of everyone saying I could stay with them. To be fair, maybe the dad really just kicked her out because he was like, look, we don't get along. I get it. You weren't here for the family. You're 23. It's about time you got your own place. I'm sorry. I can respect that too. But if it were me and my kid was being indoctrinated into far left, whatever, I'd say you're 23. You need to get your own place. But I'm worried about how you're being indoctrinated. So I want you to stay here. I think you should pay rent. That's about that's what I'd say. I'd say, look, you're 23. You can at least pay rent a little bit. You know, I, I understand kids don't want to live with their parents. I can respect that. And so I wouldn't make it an exorbitant rent. I would want to encourage them to get their own place. But it's tough. How much do you just let them do nothing? 
to be, look, I'm going to say this, and I know a lot of people might be young and living with their parents because they, they can't do better, but I moved out when I was 18. I was gone. I tried leaving before I was 18. I said, I would rather be a dude wandering through the forest with a pointy stick building a mud hut than dependent on other people. And that's probably because of how my parents raised me to be self-sufficient, to be responsible. Even though I recognize, you know, social programs and the benefits they bring about, I'd rather be out on my own. So maybe if you're 23, it's time to move out and, and start building a life. But I, I, I got to add, this is no surprise to me that someone who's 23 is living with their parents and a leftist who got kicked out because of it. I wouldn't be surprised if the real story is just the father saying, you know, I love you. You know, I disagree with you. I think it's time you moved out because you're 23. And then this person said, well, I got kicked out. You know, that sounds more likely to me. But at any rate, the main reason I want to talk about this, I know I know I said in the earlier segment I was going to talk about Cuomo, and then I saw this story, and I was like, no, no, I, I got to talk about it. I, I got a lot to say, and I'll probably talk about it tonight on the podcast. I just think, you know, we, we've, we've got to be closer with each other. We've got to be open to communication, and that's kind of what I've done my whole life, and that's why I've become kind of a toast moderate, because— I hear, I hear you, man. I hear people, they have good points, but this is, these are, these are opinions for the most part. Anyway, if you've got loved ones and you see them drifting in any direction, just be there for them. And that proximity can help, you know, pull people back to the center. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. However, at 8 p.m. I will be live hanging out, talking about liberals leaving the left for a little undemocratic national convention fun. They're going to be doing their DNC. I'll be doing a live show talking about people leaving the left. So that'll be over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then.